Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Matt and here with Joe Rocker, Creative Director of For The People. Hey Joe. Hello, how are you? Good, we're about halfway through our second day at Adobe Symposium. I know, crazy. I put you on stage. That was, that, you did an amazing job. Five minutes before, mm-hmm. he's like, Joe, no, well, actually, that morning. <laughs> Joe, there you go. <laughs> so, yes, you thank a, you for you, that. You did a great job. <laughs> you you uh, helmed the panel about uh, innovation and how to engage your customer. Mm-hmm. So, amazing. well done. Thank I, you. I tried to, I was at the back, kind of like, I didn't know anyway. where you were because <laughs> he said he was going to give me like 10 minutes to, t- you know, like mm-hmm. prompts. And I was like, where is he? And I kept on looking yeah. at the, <laughs> the public and I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> We've also got to thank uh, Streamtime, our sponsor, who without all their support, we would have not got into spitting distance of 100 episodes, which is pretty amazing. So yeah, um, I, I don't know what we're going to do for 100 Something it has to be on. epic. Yeah. It has to be epic. I know. Flynn, Flynn will have something planned. What about you being on the other side of the mic? You both. No, I hate that. I well, <laughs> come on. You've been... No, <laughs> I, I, I did it yesterday with Tim Busing and it was, oh, it was not yeah. enjoyable. So hmm. we also need to thank Adobe who uh, has welcomed us here and has given us really amazing access to speakers. Um, it's, been, it's been a really good, interesting conference this year they they merged the marketing and the design Mm -hmm. the creative uh together and you can really tell (coughs) the marketing tribes and the creative tribes (laughs) from a distance Mm -hmm. but i think it's worked really well i think um there's been quite a few creative i guess talks with lots of marketing people in and likewise lots of marketing Mm -hmm. talks with creative people in which uh, i think is exactly what needs to happen but who do we have here with us today So we have the beautiful and wonderful Estella. I am not going to attempt uh, pronouncing your last name. Well, we just practiced. We practiced. Okay, Okay, you go. No, Estella T-S-E. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I know, it's over before it even begins. It's just done. You look at it, it's over. So Estella is an artist in the virtual reality realm and augmented reality uh i have so many questions around that yeah um real life reality too don't forget about i'm an artist in all the realities in all of the realities yeah just to clarify i wonder if we have another reality that has yet to be discovered probably Mm. probably that's where i'm that's where i'm an artist (laughs) in that in that (laughs) that other dimension that we don't know yet i'm really popular (laughs) super famous like whatever the social media is there huge super famous (laughs) I'm interested in because you said about you know I'm also an artist in the real world Mm -hmm. um, but you're also a web designer yes uh, and you know if I I look at uh, Mm -hmm. even on your site it says web design front-end development Mm -hmm. sociology and illustration and visual design yeah and sociology just sneaks in there a little bit it is it does a little bit but but actually it's an undertone to all my work actually so um my first degree is in sociology um, from ucla so that was my first academic interest Mm -hmm. um and that is always a passion of mine like pretty much all my work that i do i think about connectivity and like doing positive work and it's like doing work that is important for humanity um and that's always just been a, a like a theme for a lot of the work that I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. So where where does the so when did the illustration start? Was it always there? 
No, it wasn't. So when did it all start? Tell us. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my story is a little a tricky, long one, but I'll kind of shorten it mm-hmm. to the brief version of it. Um, but like growing up in Oakland, in California, it was the inner city in the '90s, so it was kind of like rough growing up there and kind of very underprivileged. Um, so not many resources out there. I come from an immigrant. Uh, families. My parents are from Hong Kong. They immigrated to America um, in the 70s. And so they had to kind of form their own family situation mm-hmm. there and like make their own living out there. And it was really difficult for them uh, without having any friends around, you know. And so my brothers and I, I have two older brothers, um, they and I were the first generation to go to college. So there was a certain um, expectation of like, you gotta go become a lawyer or a like computer engineer or be a doctor, yeah. you know. And so I got into UCLA, thank God. Um, and but I like wasn't interested in the hard sciences or anything of that sort. But I was really interested in people and mm. systems and understanding like socioeconomic situations because of where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood the racism that existed in the city, in the systems that were around me, and understand privilege and how we didn't have it, you know? Um, so it was hard to ignore that, and I was very interested in learning more about that and why people do the things that they do and how do people make the decisions that they do. Um, so after I graduated, I worked in nonprofits for a little bit, but it was very difficult for me. And I was like, okay, let's try something else. Um, so it was literally like, I've, I've actually, what, I mean, you'd obviously drawn before? Uh, I, I did draw when I was younger. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, um, so I drew a lot and painted a lot when I was a kid. And then when I got around to high school, I got really scared and intimidated mm. by it. So I, I kind of, I was like, oh, this is a hobby, but actually that was an excuse because mm. I was terrified of showing my work. Mm. And I knew I definitely didn't want to like major in it because I was just so scared of like rejection. Mm. I was so scared of putting myself out there. It's like, it's, it's scary. It's just scary to like put yourself in a portfolio book and have like either be accepted or rejected. I know. You put your soul into every yeah. single bit of thing you do and it's yeah. like, it's not good enough. Exactly. And on the panel, we were talking about that, that difference between um, opinion and reaction uh, as well. So how interesting, when yeah. people see something, you know, you've got to try and move past that where they want to give their opinion and mm-hmm. yeah. look for their reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna continue my story yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So at the same time, in middle school, high school, this is like 90, like the mid 90s or so, I was building websites for fun. So I was doing all kinds of stuff, all, mm. clearly all oh over the place. Um, slashy. I, I yeah, I was slashy, yeah. yeah, I was totally a slashy kind of kid. Um, but I didn't know that. Um, so I was building websites, like hand coding things, be, building GeoCities websites for fun. So around the time after I was done with nonprofits, that was around 2007 or so, I was like, okay, let me go try to work in web design and web development professionally and see how that goes, mm-hmm. you know, see if I could do that, you know. And I did, I did that for about six years professionally and it was really fun and great. Um, but I got kind of bored because, I don't know, it just was no longer a challenge for me at some point. Um, or it didn't have the right kind of challenges for mm-hmm. me anymore. And I was like, okay, let me let me check out this art thing. Like, I haven't done this in like 10 years. You it's know, I, itch, I've been wanting to scratch. Yeah, but like, you know, I was like, and I knew I was young, I had that, that realization, like I was very young, I was scared of it. Mm. So like, what if I, what if I kind of, you know, like kind of investigate that a little bit more? What if I try to discover what could actually be there if I weren't scared now that I'm in my mid-20s and I'm not, mm-hmm. now that I'm all grown up? No, I'm not. 
<laughs> and that was like the high ago. school bullying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't have to show anyone if I don't have to, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so my identity no longer like was was the only thing associated to the art, right? And so I took some night classes, and then it, they were going really well. And I was preparing a portfolio to to apply for design school. And that was that was really scary to like decide to go back to school yeah. after I had worked mm. professionally for a while, you know. And I got it's also very brave. Oh, thank it you. Is. It is because it's like I feel yeah, we, we tend to as you say, mm-hmm. like grow and grow and then become an expert and then you keep on going on the expertise level when yeah. you're actually not an expert. But yeah, it is very brave to say I want to learn a new thing or a new skill and start from yeah. scratch and oh my god it's terrible i get like shivers this thing <laughs> yeah. about it right now it's just you've so done scary. it it's all right <laughs> yeah thank you but still it's We're the like expert now it. remember it's, it's like such a tough decision and so so i got into art center college of design in pasadena mm-hmm. which is a fantastic school um i got into the illustration program and i was interested in studying for entertainment arts uh, mm-hmm. so that specifically means coming up with the visual development and storyboarding yep. and the designs of everything um for an animation, a film, um, mm-hmm. games awesome. and stuff. Mm. And so that's what I did. I got formal training from amazing teachers who were like veteran illustrators and Disney art mm-hmm. directors and stuff. Um, and my last term there. there. Yeah. Are you, were you influenced there by did oh, Pixar, yeah. by mm-hmm. Japanese manga? Like what was your inspiration mm-hmm. in, in terms of illustration ah, yes. or animation? Mm-hmm, yeah, a lot of the traditional animation. So Disney, mm-hmm. Pixar, mm-hmm. DreamWorks, like those, those big hitters, everything that you grew up I watching and you loved. And, yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah. it was. It was like, how do, you, how, do you, uh, how do you impact people emotionally in that way and tell stories that are so emotionally compelling just by the visuals mm-hmm. and like, like telling stories that are important to tell, you know? For myself, I was like, I'm kind of tired of the Disney princesses, and yes. I want to tell a different kind of story. Yep. So how might I do that? If- I think Disney itself is tired of the Disney princesses, because now the <laughs> yeah. princesses are becoming a bit more like, yeah. okay, I'm not just waiting yes. for my prince charming lying yes. down here sleeping. Thank God. Thank <laughs> yes, that's so important. You know, I, I didn't notice that until now, looking back. I'm oh. like, oh my God, I, I, I did believe in, play, in prince charming, oh, because yeah. I was taught that Prince Charming would come and oh, save yeah. me from the tower. I, yeah. I don't, don't want to wait for Prince Charming. <laughs> yeah, don't want to wait. to change that yeah, story. Well, and so that actually goes back to my social degree. So I actually wrote a whole research paper about how kids are influenced by products mm-hmm. based off of Disney products, the vice versa, what boys are taught in their products as well. And so I was like, oh my God, the only Disney princess that I like was Mulan because she's, the, well, she's first of all, she's Chinese. Yeah. Yes. But she goes to fight for the honor of her family. So yeah. her, because her dad was too old, right? And she like cross dresses to do so. She doesn't give, you know, two cares about what she, like other people think. She's like, I'm going to go fight them and I'm going to bring honor to my family. Oh. Yes, 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 <laughs> no, like, yes. Yeah, so she's my favorite. I just wrote papers about Mulan and everything, the Disney Disney Mulan. I was actually um, attracted to the evil characters all the time. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but... <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, like, like the, Ursula the, and Lil... Yes, yeah. amazing. Ursula's amazing. Ursula's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And they all, like, tend to be women as well. I'm like, yeah. why, are they, why are they so evil? But I'm like, I like you more yeah. than the, like, the vulnerable little mermaid. Yeah. Well, maybe because <laughs> the dominant character in the Disney princesses don't have real friends because they're all animals or fairy godmothers. Yes. But I, mean, yeah. I always think, it's definitely in Disney, the, the baddies 
are really one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like they're just bad, and they're just bad <laughs> for being bad oh. sort of thing. Where if you look at like Japanese animation, ah yes, mm-hmm. yes, there's always like there's a reason why they're bad, and actually in their mind they're not bad. Yeah. And I I always really was more. I've never thought about it that way. I I think I always imagined that there was a story where. You know, you built like the story. Ursula. You built the yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, no, I'm Trident must have done something to Ursula back yeah. in the old days. That's what I think about too. <laughs> <laughs> I think about like, she's like, not just he had it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably have some sort of history. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> There's some sort of like deep, like threaded history between them. Um, so back to so, your story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is this is this is awesome right now. Um, yeah. So my last term at Art Center. I was like, no, it's going to take me forever to become an art director, for instance, and to be able to tell the stories that I want to tell within the animation industry. Um, and I was like, I don't think I want to do this. And I had one mentor that was like, you should merge your art with tech. And I was like, are you crazy? I'm about to graduate. Like, this is so expensive. I spent so much time with this degree, you know? Like, are you serious? And he's like, you're the only one that has this tech background. There's not enough jobs in animation. You should try to leverage it. I was like, Bob, I can't believe you're telling me to do this right now. (laughs) So my last term at Art Center before I graduated, I decided to not go into animation and decided to go pursue my own path. Oh my God. Which is, again, that was... Yeah. That was terrifying for me. Just the same as going back to school. It was another like switch of careers again where I'm like, oh, no, here we are again. <laughs> it is really nice though because you were talking about before, I was like, yeah, it is really brave in the sense that you, you essentially you've built up all that equity in one mm-hmm. area and then you've left it. Yeah. You didn't leave it. No, mm-hmm. you, you never lose it. Mm. You know, so this is this is where it gets interesting. So I that was early 2016. It's been pretty interesting so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was maybe about January 2016. And that was right before all the VR like, launches happened. The Vive didn't come out till April, mm-hmm. and the Rift didn't come out till April around that time. And so um, I got myself. Can you just explain what they are? Ah, yeah, those are the, the high end headsets. So mm-hmm. when people say they have tried a VR experience, um, I, I obviously knew that. Just uh, yeah, yeah. It's so. just for the audience. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> um, like when there's a truly interactive, like you have full agency to do whatever you want. Usually it's on the HTC Vive um, and the Oculus Rift. There's also PlayStation as well, PlayStation 4, I think. Um, and then the other ones that people have tried, like Google Cardboard um, yep. and Samsung Gear mm-hmm. VR, which is just you can see things, but you can't necessarily like affect change while you're yeah. in those experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many years ago are we talking here? This is 2016, so this right. is only wow, about two years. years, two and a half years. Oh my god! Wow. This industry moves really quickly, so yeah. just FYI. Um, so at that time, uh, not, they haven't <laughs> come out yet. I had a developer kit um, for the Vive, and I tried Tilt Brush. And when I first tried it, I this is a VR painting program where you can paint in all directions. You can play with scale. You can make something really tiny and then make it as big as a world. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first tried this, I was like, oh my God, this I'm is, hooked. <laughs> is going to change the world. It's just, like, that's honestly what I felt. I was like, this is going to change everything. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you're not playing with something just on a 2D flat surface. It's, it's the whole world. You're talking about world building and environment mm-hmm. building. And like, you don't have to worry about gravity. You don't have to worry about like, architectural like, soundness of like, a structure being held up right. You can make art like using the world as your canvas mm-hmm. and that's 
That's just mm. amazing. Yeah. It's like something that we've never had a chance to do before. And like, like I, we've never been able to walk through paintings mm -hmm. and walk like into them and like feel it, you know, and to like actively do that yourself as you walk into, step into it. Talking it's about Disney princesses, did you see the video with the, mm -hmm. um, at the original animator of Ariel? Ah, yeah, and, Glenn Keane. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then he, he got to use the tilt brush for the yep. first time and, mm -hmm. and just, yeah, and he was like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah, he works very closely with the tilt brush team mm. to uh, try out different things and his work is phenomenal in tilt brush. Have you played with one before, Joe? No, I, I've actually, I've never, it's the first time where I'm getting this kind of VR openness. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see it. Yeah. Um, never, ever heard it described as another dimension where our physics don't apply. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. You know, like when you're saying there's no gravity, I'm like, of course there's not because we're inventing our own rules in that world. Yeah. And I think it's, it's because for me, I'm still that type of person that says you still need a window to access to that via mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. is it Oculus mm -hmm. Rift or whatever it is. You still yeah. need that, that, that kind of thing to be able to link you on that. And somehow your brain still tells you that you're in this world. Mm -hmm. It's like, you yeah. can't let go. Mm -hmm. um, so in my mind, our physics still applied in that world when it's such a old, a, a old way to see it. <laughs> An yeah. old, uh, old uh, two years, yeah. like pre two years ago. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so historic, prehistoric. No. <laughs> so what, what do you call it? Cause I've, I've tried it. I only, I tried it. Mm -hmm. um, what I thought it was about a minute and I'd been there for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, Cause you just lose, I, I lost track of time. Yes. Um, yeah. What do you call it when you're in it? Is there a, is there a name? That yeah, you... they, uh, they, they call it presence. Mm -hmm. So, like, once you put on the headset, your brain, within a few seconds, it it believes that it's there. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think designers in this space really want to design to create presence. Um, and it's hard to achieve mm. because, hmm, it's hard to achieve, but then it's not at the same time. The medium allows you to feel presence already once you put on the headset. You can be in a room that just has, like, nothing in there and just, mm -hmm. like, a white grid. Mm -hmm. And it's it's weird. It feels very matrix-like, but you actually believe you're in a room with like white grid grids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're then creating like an environment and you're trying to populate a space, it's a different type of presence. Then, yeah. Does that yeah. kind of make yeah. sense? Yeah. It does, yeah. It's a, it goes back to the de design and how do you design environments and how do you design uh, spaces? I guess. This is always in my head. I, I feel like I'm mm. talking crazy right now. I'm just like, <laughs> I guess I guess a big big difference between um, tilt brush is that you're actually in the environment you're creating, yeah. As opposed to your traditional, I don't know whether you can even call it traditional, but mm -hmm. traditional VR where mm. you're kind of behind a screen creating the experience. Ah, like a 3D modeling yeah. tool. Uh, yes. So that yeah. So I try to differentiate between like like a 3D modeling, traditional 3D modeling yeah. mm -hmm. versus VR creation. Um, where you're actively in VR, making the work. Mm. Yeah. So kind of tying it back to like all the different backgrounds yeah. and stuff. So like what's been amazing is like once I entered this space, I realized like, 
oh my god it's you know they call it the empathy machine you know in quotes Mm -hmm. like empathy machine because once you're in it you once you're in an experience you feel like you're actually there so you're you start empathizing for the characters that are in that space so there's like the social part right there um Mm -hmm. we're talking about how do you design something so it's intuitive how do you make it so that's easy to understand that's the ui ux part that's like comes from the web part for Mm -hmm. myself and then it comes to the narrative storytelling how do you design something visually so that all of those things tie together and has a nice narrative and an impactful message with all of that. So once I entered the space and started making things in it, I was like, oh my God, I was made for this. Yeah. Like all of these are things are coming together. But there's all these like other aspects of it too. Like I just, it's crazy because I like, I never felt like I belonged to the animation industry, even though I was supposed, I was like training to go, go into the space. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. It's just it's just kind of crazy, like to realize, like, oh, there's a reason why I felt I didn't feel like I fit in, because now this new thing happened, and I'm like, oh yeah, let me gravitate towards this, yeah. and then immediately I'm like, yeah, this is my space. This is where I belong. Mm. I don't know. It's so crazy. what did you do straight after uni or after that year? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel very, very, very lucky and privileged that the Tilt Brush team reached out to me and they asked me if I want to join their artist in residence program. And that was pretty much immediately right after I graduated. So I feel very lucky with the timing Mm -hmm. that I already had, you know, X amount of hours working with this tool. I understand the medium. I also know how to do development. I understand computers. So whenever there was troubleshooting, I knew how to like work with it there. that was the beginning of it. So, so how? Yeah. Just let's jump into that. Yeah. Um, that time. How did they reach out? Like what? Ah, uh, yeah. I had I had met them at a conference. A few of the team members at a conference, and I just said like, "Hey, I want. I'm gonna get my hands on a HTC Vive. I'm gonna try Tailbrush. Can I?" just send you guys feedback mm-hmm. every so often. So it was like really regular. I was like, so I think this, and then I just had like a long list every week of like, <laughs> I tried out these things. So I think like they, they took a liking to like my feedback that yeah. I gave them That's regularly. So um, and uh, I don't know, I formed a pretty good relationship with them at that point and that helped a lot. Um, and during my residency, yeah, they were like, just make, make something that you wanna make and we wanna see what you can do with it. Um, and see where it goes. Because I really wanted to ask about that because you've done, you, you obviously with Tilt Brush, uh, Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, you did the yeah. VR intu- in, uh, incubator, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Adobe AR Artist yeah. in Residence. What, yeah. what do you do in those residencies? Yeah, a lot of R&D. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is what I mean about like timing mm. and and being in the space at the time that I was and having these skills to understand like both the art part and the development part. Um, with my Adobe residency, it was it was understanding how to bring. Well, first of all, there's like two components. It was like how what is augmented reality and what is this medium? What is this art medium? Mm-hmm. So similar to like how I investigate, I spent a good amount of time investigating what VR is and what the art creation is for VR. I've been evolving into this other space of like what is augmented reality? Mm-hmm. How do we shift that art form into? a medium where you include the real life space. Um, so it was really cool because Adobe really allowed me to have like freedom for three months to like just try out different AR experiments mm. and then to make art that I wanted to make um, with my own so personal good. voice. So Sounds what is amazing. the main difference between ah, an yes. artist yeah. in all of those realms? Yeah, that's a good question, <laughs> okay. 
do I have to explain like regular traditional physical world art? Yeah. There's a wide range yes. of that. <laughs> yes. It's physical. You can touch it and you can show people very easily. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Sold. That's a good one. Um, and then uh, virtual reality art is when you put on a headset and you don't have any more of the real life visible. It's completely um, just within, I call it the matrix. You just mm -hmm. only, you're in the matrix. Um, but you can do a lot of stuff with the models at that point. You can like export those models and bring it into like a game. You can mm -hmm. bring it into traditional 3D modeling software and do whatever you want mm -hmm. with it. It just depends on what you what you want to do with that piece. Augmented reality is when there's some aspect of the real world that you can Still see. Um, so Pokemon mm -hmm. is what people think about, or the IKEA apps where you place yep. furniture. Um, so what I wanted to do was to bring in my VR art pieces and bring it into augmented reality. Um, and that was using the Project Arrow app that Adobe was like still working on. Like, or they still are working on, but yeah. that was like an early prototype version that I was working on at that point. Um, it kind of got softly launched yesterday, but... Very, yeah. very quietly yeah. announced the last few months, but I, I think you'll hear more about it at Max. Are you allowed to talk about it? I'm not a, an official spokesman or anything of the sort, so I this is probably much all, pretty much all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I used the prototype version and I played around with it. And you liked it. I did. Well, okay, so that's the interesting part. So what's cool with AR to show VR pieces is that I can bring my iPad around have Project Arrow and show people my VR piece, my 3D painted piece. Mm. Um, I don't have to bring a headset around. So that's the interesting part that like kind of changes things a little bit in terms of distribution yeah. of, of immersive art. Yeah, because mm. I, I always find that the, the main, I would say blockage of uh, VR is that you need to access it. Mm -hmm. You need that, yeah. you know, that window to get to that. So how, as an artist, how, because as you said, <laughs> in the real world, it's like, there it is. You mm. can come and see it at this gallery, at this place. Or, But when it comes to... Yeah, and I, I was talking to someone about your work. Mm -hmm. And they were like, wow, you know, it's very, it's fortunate that YouTube exists because that's the way that we were all watching it. Yeah, and, and, and exactly. Taking it. But then we were like, yeah, but it's still... You're not I, in it. You're not... Yeah, no, yeah. I can't purchase that that YouTube video, yeah. or I, can't, I can't kind of have it on my wall. Yeah, exactly. And a few people have asked me like, I want to buy your piece, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know what that means right now either, you know? And But this is how much it'll cost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually saving it. I haven't sold any pieces because yeah. I, first of all, I don't, so right now they're like, they're like raw files, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of, you know, just like a computer file. If you give it to somebody, it could just be copy and pasted out there. Yeah. And so I, ha I haven't really given my files out because of distribution and licensing, you know, limitations or mm. you know, ethics behind that. We were talking to Jeremy Lord, an illustrator, mm -hmm. and he was talking about this idea that he wonders whether one day, uh, you know, the first file that he created mm -hmm. will be worth more than the second file he created. <laughs> Like oh, photography, that's so like, yeah. Oh yeah, because like prints or yeah, original like, like paintings, yeah. like the original painting. But then at oh, the same so time, fascinating. You know, how you, you know how you just talking about that your files raw file, so it's like a computer file. But at the same time, that's what that's what Spotify is. Like that's what a song is. Yeah. It's an MP3, yeah. and you need an MP3 player, and yeah. you need headphones. Yeah. To, it's just we're used, so used to that. It's mainstream that everyone yeah. has. They're either Apple Pods or yeah. whatever. So it's like. 
it's just a matter of time that that, that, that distribution gets accessed Correct. by many. Yep. So I'm just waiting very patiently right now with all my R files just stacked up and just waiting for I'm distribution. Well, and day. so that's why I do a lot of R and D work, yeah. right? So a lot of a lot of companies will come to me, and a lot of indie companies will also say like, Hey, like we really want to try out, work on this thing, and we're specifically looking for creators who work in this immersive space. Like, what are you looking for? Mm. What would you need? How can we help? Or can you tell us what you think about this product, et cetera, et cetera? Mm. I, it's it's really sweet for me. I, I love like the it's research amazing. part of things yeah. and the design aspect of things. So I'm like, I just I don't know. My soul gets very happy to like, do that kind of R and D work. Okay, going back to yeah, um, how would you explain virtual reality to a five year old? Oh, I had to. Oh, yeah. So for my for my augmented reality piece at um, the Adobe Festival, the Possible, my little cousins, my cousin's little like daughter was there, and she's about four or five, and uh, her parents were like, "Oh, like Auntie Estella painted this, and like, do you have any questions for her?" And she's like, a little baby, and she's like. How did you make it? Right? <laughs> she's like, why is it like why is it there in the iPad, but it's not there? Right? And she's like, how did you make it? I was like, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> and I was like, let me think for a second. I was like, I was in the computer and I painted it with the computer. And she's like, what? That's so good. <laughs> and then she's like, it's like honey, I shrunk the key. Yeah, and you went into the matrix. And yeah, then, I think yes. I think that's the best way to kind of describe it conceptually. So at least my cousin understood it. She she was like, oh wow. And I was like, do you want to try it one day? She's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. I'll show you. Also because of STEM. <laughs> I like I wanted to learn about computers. I wanted yeah, to yeah, do yeah, an yeah, art yeah, thing yeah. and everything. So I'm like, yeah, come over one day. <laughs> and what do you think it's the aside from accessibility? What yes. do you think is the main limitation? Hmm. Like, why hasn't it taken up by the time? It's only it's only brand new. But yeah, yeah. What what's is the block? Is it though? I mean, it's been around. I feel like VR has been around. It's been on the verge. For a long time. It's come and gone a mm. few times, and that's because of hardware, from what I understand. Mm. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, I think in the 90s, it was just, like, I think it, it caused a lot of nausea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's not going to help anybody. Yeah. No one's going to want to be quality, in that. The quality, but again, you know what? Yeah. Like, you say, like, you look at quality, but the thing is, again, with gaming, mm-hmm. back in the old games, and you see these pixels and these terrible games yeah. that everyone loved, but yeah. we grew, and now yeah. you have something like a PS4, which are like this, these epic movies that are done mm-hmm. in terms of games. So we are all, we expect that level of quality that yeah. a, uh, an Oculus Rift or a VR may yeah. not necessarily have it just yet. Yeah. You know, our expectations are Then you have Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And then you have Minecraft, but that's yeah. completely everyone. Everyone, yeah. yeah, loves it. So that's that's that goes into a few factors. Mm-hmm. I think that come to mind for me. Um, the first thing is that I think about. Yeah, I think we do have the expectation of like it should be a certain type of quality, mm-hmm. but I think there's not enough good content out there right now, mm-hmm. and that's a major challenge because content creation for VR is really difficult. It takes a lot of time. It's mm. really expensive and it has to be really, really good for people to be to want to spend time for like, you know, twenty minutes in there, you know, max. That's twenty minutes max. Really? So that that's about the limit that you could expect someone to like tell a story. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a great and point because all of the other things like the games just start from you being sucked into a game, a story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is amazing and whatever. Yeah. It didn't come up from 
the technology itself. And right. I feel that yep. with these emerging technologies, mm-hmm. it's almost like we, we were talking about it at the panel. It's mm-hmm. like, that's the thing that is like sexy. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, bells and whistles mm-hmm. of this technology. Mm. But people don't often consider the content or the, the reasoning why right. you're using this tech. It's just, yeah. it's just tech for the sake of tech. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm not a big proponent of mm-hmm. flashy and, and trendy mm-hmm. type stuff. I like to make work that's like meaningful and impactful and that's like a little bit long lasting and speaks to the human soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole idea about long lasting as yeah. well, because I think we think about AR, maybe not VR, because maybe yeah. we don't understand it as much, but we think about AR as it's very throwaway. It's like I, hmm. I, I go and look at it and I use it and then I go and look at something Ah, else. yeah, yeah, yeah. They call it um, like sticky, like yes. is it sticky? Like yeah. will people come back and want to try it again and use it again? Mm. And apply it to Spotify, like everyone mm. complained about Spotify, you know, we loved it, but then it was like, I've got too much music. Mm. Now, now I never listen to anything more than four times. Oh, really? I'm always looking at the new thing and, you know, I'm not spending time with albums anymore like I used to. Oh, yeah. I wonder whether, you know, if if I can change the picture of my (gasps) wall at any point, do I just keep changing it? Like every every time, every time. Oh my God, it's like MySpace. Sorry, yeah. it reminds me of MySpace of having too much power and too much choice. Yeah. yeah. Or Netflix, all of these. Yeah. It's like overwhelming to have too much choice. Yeah. I, I believe that actually yeah. on a very human level. Like we're not very good at when we have too many decisions to make. I think the brain can only compute, is it seven? Am I inventing this? But I think you can only, there's, there's a very limited amount of uh, things that you can like. Take in at once. Yeah, take yeah in. I think so. Otherwise it's like, yeah, I and this is again slightly off topic, mm-hmm. um, but I was talking to someone about um, VR and, and AR artists mm-hmm. and this idea that, uh, and they were talking about this idea that you might buy a subscription to an artist. So mm. I, I buy a subscription mm-hmm. to you, and, mm-hmm. I, and I have your stuff on my wall. Mm-hmm. But it changes whenever you feel like it should change. Oh, interesting! Mm. Um, and so every time this you is produce, a business opportunity. Intriguing, <laughs> intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. So every time you produce a new piece of work, it's like, oh, Stella's done a new a new piece, and it's that's on really my wall. cool. So, I like that idea. A subscription. Yeah. 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 Interesting. That's very interesting. <laughs> okay, okay, I do have a question. Yeah. What is the best um, virtual reality experience that you've one of my favorites is Job Simulator. Have you guys heard of Job Simulator? No, tell me. Okay, just bear with me a little bit. <laughs> this is one of my favorites because it's it's just so it's just so wonderful. You are a human. You're a computer actually. So you go into the simulation of what it's like to be a human, and you're in this world of like like computers run the world and everything. So it's like twenty like you're three thousand something or other, right? And so they have this like history museum that you exist in and you go and see what it's like to be a human. So you're working in this cubicle and you like turn you have to plug in your computer and like check your email and stuff like that. You do these like really mundane tasks. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually really, really fun and really therapeutic because you can like not do your work. You can delete all your emails. Wow. You can like throw things around and so you could like pour your coffee all over the place. <laughs> it's like surprisingly therapeutic to like just play job simulator for a while. Um, and there's other there's other jobs, like you can be a quickie mart kind of attendant or you can like be a car mechanic or something. I'd love oh, to wow. be a doctor. <laughs> I'd like to, yeah. I, I'd love to have just like- Just messed stuff up. <laughs> no, yeah. I try to say- Pour coffee all over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine that like- Yeah. Oh, like- Yeah. Like operations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be so intense. Yeah, so- 
That oh, one, wow, that's good. And also because it's really well designed. So there's like a lot of really fun Easter eggs in that in mm. that game. So mm. there's like, there's a photocopy machine. So if you like put your hand on the photocopy machine, another hand comes out and you just have all these hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stuff like that that like you can't do in real life, yeah. you know? And it's like, like, what happens if you put your face on it, you know? And like, I'm not gonna tell you, but you should try it if you ever play it. <laughs> just like put your face on the photocopy machine and press oh copy. Um, there's, uh, uh, I don't know what it's called, but in Melbourne, there's a, um, I love escape rooms. Uh -huh. And this is a full on immersive escape room. Mm -hmm. They've tracked the entire walls of the actual mm. space. It's a huge mm -hmm. warehouse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's amazing because normally escape rooms take months to plan, but also months to like find all the details yeah. and be able to get. And it's like, they leave them for six months. So you basically go in once and that's it. Yeah. Until they change it. But with this, Obviously, because it's entirely mapped out, yeah. the work is done offline so that you mm -hmm. just like reset and you can, you know, change worlds. Yeah, they are terrifying. I've never <gasps> done it personally, but like one of the friends at, yeah. at work just did it, and it's like you're completely immersed in a world, and it was around zombies. So you can ah! imagine it's just like your heart and your heart and literally an escape room that. Yeah, premise is to get out as quickly yeah. as you can. But if you have a threat that your brain believes genuinely yeah. is happening and the entire yeah. world is like, wow, that's another level yeah. for me. <laughs> I, I would really want to try I that. don't do any of the scary things. I don't do any roller coaster things. There's certain things where I definitely don't put myself into. Yeah. Um, I think because I know the medium very well and I know myself very well. But it's yeah. like Black Mirror. Whenever you discuss, whenever you see, you know, like an AR, VR yeah. episode, yeah. Oh, obviously because of Black Mirror, but it always goes into like, we, the dark, darkest. Yeah. Can I share some of the things? Yes. That have, they're not like dark <laughs> and creepy, but they're, they're interesting to think about, right? So I think this is fascinating because me and a few of the other VR artists, we spend them a lot of time in VR because we're painting, we're making mm -hmm. pieces in VR. Mm -hmm. And so I've probably clocked over 900 hours oh in VR God. at wow. this point, right? And so there's certain things that you realize like, oh, Wow, okay, when I come in and out of VR, I should probably like consciously tell myself like, okay, I'm stepping out. And then when I step out, I should like have my eyes closed and like lay down for a little bit and like gradually come back into the real right. life world. Because to hop in and out so often, I, I go in and out every um, like 40 minutes or so because mm -hmm. like, it's heavy, it's mm -hmm. hard for my neck, it's hard for my back. Um, it's important to do that gradual transition in and out, I realize. Kind of like, I don't know, uh, it's kind of like walking in and out of a room. You know you walk in and out of a room by a doorway, mm -hmm. right? But we don't have anything like that right now in the VR space. It's just you take off your glasses or you take mm -hmm. off the headset and then you're suddenly back in some other space. It's like really shocking. Um, so, what, so what sort of things yeah. do, you, do you instantly try to draw something in real life or? Uh, um, what, what do you mean? As, as in, like, do you, I mean, do you, is, it, is it your brain telling you that you can still use some of the controls that you have in VR? Um, it's more of like a, it's more, uh, it's not necessarily the behaviors of what I do, but it's more of like a cognitive transition. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to, I don't know what to liken it to. I don't know how to describe it. I'll I try to figure I'm, out a better really way. I really ask, um, do you dream in VR? <laughs> Okay, so here's... Really? So, wait. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was just a really bad dad yeah. joke. So, no, well, sometimes, sometimes I'll remember something. Right. 
about something, right? An event or something like that, or like who I, where I was or what I saw. And I'll give you an example. Um, okay, the other day I wrote some notes somewhere and I left it somewhere in my room and my VR space is in my room and like I'm a very like spatial person so I remember like the area of like that corner of my room mm -hmm. is where it is. So I was like searching through my backpack and I was like, where are my notes? Like, I know I wrote them, I know they're here. I can't find them. I guess like there's no books in this area. There's no like notes or like paper, so it's not here. So I was like looking through my room for like half an hour. I was like, I don't know where I put these notes. And I was just sitting down and thinking for a second. I was like, oh my God, they're in VR. That's amazing. They're though. in that spot in VR. That is totally cool. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh my God. So I just like went back into VR. I opened up my sketch and it was in that first corner. No and I had, because I had written some notes, I was like, I have to remember this. And it, like any things are canvas there. So I just like wrote some like ideas down. And I continued doing some other painting somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And so I started realizing like when I have these memory kind of like flashback moments, I have to think about. Was that real life? Was that a dream or was that in VR? Yeah. Yeah. And I have to just consciously try to remember these things. That's amazing. <laughs> Even uh, yesterday when uh, Tim Urban said something that I've never thought about VR that in this, this way as well, mm -hmm. but it's like maybe in a couple of years time, our grandchildren will be like, you're only in real life. Like, there's, yeah, only, yeah. there's only one dimension. And it's like, it's like I never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's yeah. like, where, I left, where did I leave my stuff? Oh, well, I left it in the other drawer. Let me open that doorway. Go get that note and oh, then bring yeah. it back. And it's like, how many, how many, how many of these worlds can That's we have? It's just another place for me to lose things. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Oh, man. It, it's really trippy for me because, like, I'm such a visual person. So another example is that there was something where I was like, Okay, I had an, uh, so usually I'm like, okay, if I'm in a certain place, if I'm in Sydney walking around Darling Harbour, I might have had an idea while I was walking around the harbour. And in the future, I'll be like, oh, I remember, okay, there was something that I thought about there. If I, you know, remember from that area in the environment, I'll remember what the idea was. Mm -hmm. So there was one time where I was like, oh my God, okay, I had this really good idea like yesterday or the day before. This is recent. Okay, I was around some sort of wooden crate or something. And I was like leaning over a wooden crate. Where was I ever in real life leaning <laughs> over what you like in what situation was I and I was like, did I go to a warehouse? Did I go to a store? Oh, did I go no. somewhere? Like where did I where did I go? And I was like, Oh, I was painting a wooden ship. Oh. <laughs> and I was like painting the textures of this wooden ship. And in that moment I was thinking like, oh, oh, this is how this is how I would solve this other design problem for this other project. You know, because sometimes it just comes to you, right? So I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be so trippy yeah. for me to try to remember. Can you ever can you ever have two artists in the same VR space? Some, in some apps, yes. Oh, that, that blows my mind. That is yeah, definitely because that is a fun. dimension and people I, are coming together. And I've seen some where you did remixes. Yes. But is that in the same space or is that jumping in after someone else has been there? That specifically is jumping in and out of right. um, taking turns. It's kind of mm. like a passing a baton. Yeah. Um, but there are some other apps where you can hop into like a meeting space and you can like paint things together. And so we're just like, I'm there with my friend Vlad, who's in Germany, mm -hmm. and like you know, I'm sculpting something. We're just catching that up, and he's insane. making some other thing. It's really fun. We're like sculpting together. It's really, really fun. Wow. Yeah. Can I ask a really um, mm -hmm. naive techie question? That's not naive. So, so go back and back to where you wrote the notes. Yeah. And and there was another painting in that space. Yeah. Are they two separate files, or no. is that one file? It's it's one environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one world, right? So it's one file. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I want to extract it and take it out, there's actually no way to copy and paste that out right now. 
No, I just have to rewrite it. It's you have to read it and then get out and then write it. Yeah. Oh, and I've done that before too. Okay. Oh, so that's interesting. So I've art directed. I've art directed a few projects, right? And so, um, in you need a in, photocopy VR, dude. This, <laughs> this needs to come. This is another business opportunity. Oh, I need to print out that stuff from VR. So I was speaking. I was checking some. I was checking in with my director for this project, and I sent him the toothbrush file. We were like in. He was in his studio, and I was in my studio. We're both in VR. Just separately, looking at the same file, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, at the starting point, turn left 30 degrees, right? So I was like, now you should be facing this, right? And so, trying to like go through the motions of you know discussing how to critique an art piece is yeah. kind of tricky. Yeah. So it's like. He's like, okay, make it like 30% towards orange instead of yellow. And I was like, I'm like, okay, let me just write those notes down here, you know. Or, or I, was, I was writing on my notepad in real life. So I had my, my eyes were covered in mm. VR, and then I just was scribbling things yes. in real life. Oh, no way. There's <laughs> different kinds of workflows that you try to yeah. figure out as, as you do more work in this space. So you've talked about um, the, the being able to shift from one to the other mm-hmm. um, and then also about the physical yeah. constraints, I guess, that we still have where they're heavy mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you obviously have to be standing most of the time, mm-hmm. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, is there other things that, that you know we don't know that you, you're experiencing already? Eye fatigue, for sure. Right. Face fatigue, that's like, that's a real thing. My <laughs> cheeks and my, my head hurts. For like my face hurts specifically, yeah. my face hurts for spending too much time in there. Is that just um, from having the, the goggles on? Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, and then, especially when I do performances or demos, um, I have to do a lot of like physical training to build up to it. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm like performing for a few hours or something mm-hmm. like that, I just, it's it's very intensive. So I actually swim and I do a lot of yoga mm-hmm. to like, try to build up my like back strength. Um, so stuff like that where. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know about in terms of like physical health mm. in order to physically paint so mm-hmm. often is is interesting and bizarre but i'm not complaining because it's helping my health yeah <laughs> what about music ah music is crucial yeah so how, yeah so is it music from the real life so are you still plugged in the real life or how or how do you how, yeah, tell me yeah because <laughs> i'm imagining you painting away on yeah. VR, but it's like you kind of need to hit play <laughs> yeah yeah there's some ways in the headsets where you can um like toggle the view so you can see your desktop mm-hmm. but you can keep your headset on and so um i i usually have spotify playing or something or like i kind of change my tabs to like get to this spotify and then <laughs> and then like i am like okay let me Typing's really difficult, so usually I just choose one that's easy to click on. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> that song again. Um, at least yeah. it's easy. Or I try to like get it all ready before I hop in. Yeah. That's yeah. like helpful. To, Why like, is ha- typing difficult? Because you there's a keyboard and you have to like you have to like you have to like hit <laughs> each button, which is like oh, in my mind there's like this keyboard that you're like. Oh no, because your hands are still <laughs> yeah, these yeah, yeah. like of these course. like <laughs> clubs <laughs> essentially. So you just have to like hit these buttons individually. It's yeah. just a pain in the butt. Wait until you get the super gloves that we're gonna invent soon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, um, so in the physical world. Yes. Before we go there. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go to the physical. <laughs> yes. If, if if you get the gloves, does that change your painting style? Oh my god, I think so. I would love to try it. Hmm. 
Because, yeah, I just imagine, because you're using a tool, yeah. which I imagine is a little bit like a Wacom pen like, sort of thing. They're, like, they're more, yeah. they're gaming controllers. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're like more like, like in, not like, um, I guess in the way joysticks. it works, it's like a it's yeah. like a Wacom pen, kind of like you're you're using that to. It's like a wand. It's yeah. like a wand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. Feels cool. like a wand. Like the gesture of a wand. I love how you're comparing it to Wacom Versus pen, like, and she's comparing it to a magic wand. Yeah, no, <laughs> we know here no. who the artist is. Yeah. <laughs> in this dimension, thank you very much. In this dimension, sorry. <laughs> so. Oh my god, that's so funny! I like live in some fantastical world. <laughs> so yeah, so as soon as we we take that wand away from you yeah and you've got something else that yeah i guess i mean the basics sorry i'm still... having an existential crisis right now <laughs> say, like, you're taking my wand away my art doesn't exist anywhere what are you trying to tell me I'll right now you, i'll give you a magical gauntlet okay <laughs> yeah because i that that would that would change the way you the way i move yeah it would change the way i move it would change my gestures mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm very, very intrigued by. Mm. Um, so already, I already know that before I even hopped into the, the, the immersive art making space, like just being surrounded by different designers and artists. And my friends are like amazing. They all like work at Disney and DreamWorks and stuff like that. And then I used to think like, oh my God, like they're so good. How do I become more like them? But I realized like, I can't be like them. Their arms are different from mine. Like their brains and their arms are physically different from mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I thought about this, I have tendonitis in my right arm. And so I can't spend as many hours just sitting at a desk and drawing and painting, which is one of the reasons why I had to not do animation because mm-hmm. I physically wouldn't be able to endure it. And my friend Ching, she's like, she has this amazing architecture background and she's just an amazing draftsman, super patient and like Everything just looks amazing when she's done with it. It just looks like a like a world. She does like kind of blueprint type things of environments and spaces. And I'm like, I want to draw more like her. And I tried for a little bit. I was like, I'm not going to be able to draw her because I'm not patient. I don't have this architecture background, you know, all this stuff. And so it's like, how, it's interesting because like we each, as artists, we each have our own strengths and we each have our own voice and we physically cannot do anything else anybody else can do. Mm-hmm. And... What's interesting in the VR space and the immersive art space is that the way that I move, I'm, I'm only 5'3", right? So the way that I move is very different from someone who's like 6'4". Mm. Like the gestures are longer, the strokes are, are bigger than mine, which are a different lower kind of mm. <laughs> like kind of octave of movement, right? Yes. Can, can you I can make, scale. make them, you can scale? Yeah, make, make absolutely. Them Just like that. I'm just literally moving my hands and all of a sudden. My, my yeah. like in hands. <laughs> yeah, in Zoom, hands, in hands. Yeah. Um, I never but, thought about um, when you just mentioned your friend who has an architecture background. Yeah. Um, the movie Inception, mm. how you're going in the dream within a dream within a dream. Yeah. And actually that could be that could be one of those immersive realities. You are because technically you're changing so, the physics and you're Changing. Do you believe that we are in a simulation right now? No, I, could, uh, I could totally believe that. We're, we're about to talk to Prue Jones, who has a theory about this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. When I get into my existential crisis moments, and I'm yeah. like, it's often when, yeah, when you're reading about space and how insignificant you are, and then you're like, okay, so but my I, brain wanders. Well, I'm not going to dive into it, actually. I don't want to <laughs> okay. go into it. <laughs> But I was, I'm going to be recorded as a crazy loony person, so I'd rather not. <laughs> um, I think yeah. we're coming to time, and we haven't really talked. I just want yeah, to yeah. quickly touch upon, um, obviously, you re- recreate famous master's paintings. Yes. How did that come about? 
I love the ah, videos, by the way. They're, thank you. They're really. I love the fact that how how long they are. It's like the perfect amount, mm-hmm. and just and the little things you do in each one, and it's quite interesting to see how the, the picture changes. Some of that. Oh yeah. But, yeah. So sorry. How, thank you. How did it come around? Um, in in my formal art training, we learn a lot by copying the masters. Uh, so we call them master copies, yeah. and so it's the fastest and best way to learn from the masters. You you want to see the process of how they lay down the strokes, because you can see that. You can see what's on the underpainting. You see like the layers that they stack on top of it. So if you imitate them, you learn a lot just by understanding like how Da Vinci might have done the Mona Lisa, for instance, or something mm-hmm. like that. And so I wanted to try to bring that into the VR space. Um, what would happen if I painted some famous paintings like using that approach into a space that has depth? And mm. how would they have interpreted this piece in VR? You know, like if Klimt were here and he were painting the kiss, would he have this expansive space around them? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think he would close it off and make it very intimate mm. and like really private because that's what the kiss is about. It's mm. a very intimate moment. So I decided to like compose that piece to be in a cube instead of a giant and massive world. Mm. So if you were to walk into that piece, you know you're crossing a boundary that is separating you from them. So I think about the, the ways that one would interpret mm. a masterpiece into the VR space. I think personally, my the most interesting one is the scream. Ah. Mm-hmm. And there's things, one of my favorite paintings, and there's things that I saw in yours that I'd never actually noticed. Oh, and I was like, that? oh, she's added that in. And then I went and looked and was like, no, no, she hasn't. It's which, always been there. Yeah, which the, piece? The figures at the back. Yeah. Yeah. Those. So I read the story about like what, what happened in that piece. Yeah. I guess he was walking with his friends and like his friends kept walking on and he was like staring at the red bloody sky. Like he was like, Oh my God! It, it just feels like like the sky or the world is screaming or something. So he like that's that was his expression of mm. it. Um, so those were his two friends are kind of just like walking wow. off into the distance, I guess. And it was it was very fun to paint that piece because it's an expressionist piece. Like you don't have to worry about something looking rendered or looking real. So the the depth of that piece is like really weirdly angled upward mm. and outward in a certain way. It, it was really fun to play with that one. It's how many of you done of those now? There's three of those videos. Right. There's a few that I've done on my own, just like as a study, yeah. um, and I've included like a few film studies as well. Mm. So I did one of the Vertigo, um, mm-hmm. and that was really cool to play with, like backlighting, um, and then kind of changing shots in a scene, but using the same static art piece. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's you're creating a 2D piece of work in a 3D space. Mm-hmm which just messes with my mind. Can you mm-hmm. copy-paste? Now you can. You couldn't before. Now you can. Oh, Yay, really? technology. <laughs> <laughs> it was really difficult before when you couldn't, yeah. When I painted the kiss, I couldn't copy then. So each of those grass and flower oh strokes were individually placed. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that brings us to time. <laughs> so thank you so much. Where can people find out more about you and not the Estella who is the resolution officer for the Royal Bank of Canada. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is not definitely not me. I did not know. Um, you can look up my name, Estella, and last name's T-S-E. You can find me online, or you can look up Estella VR. You could probably find me that way as well. Um, Instagram, I post a lot of my art projects there. Twitter is a lot 
use for my kind of regular tech updates. They're two different communities, but you can find me all over Facebook how, as well. How, <laughs> what, what is your art in, um, in real life? What, what mm -hmm. mediums do you use? Uh, watercolors and inks. Okay. Um, I'm going back into pencils. It's been a while, but I'm going back into pencils right now for like softer textures. Mm. Do they have? Sorry, I, I know mm -hmm. we're I know we're wrapping up. Yeah. Do they have um, similar like in 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 the immersive art space? Mm -hmm. uh, pencil, like is like it, a three pen? Yeah, like gouache. Like, do you have the ah. same type of textures or same names or? Oh, I see what you mean. Um, there's different brushes. Definitely, there's different so brushes, types of brushes. Yeah. Um, nothing. I think you can invent your own. I. Right now, you can't customize them. Like, mm -hmm. like Photoshop, you can customize your own brushes and stuff. Um, I don't think that exists just yet. Um, and, but I would say that nothing ever feels as good as physical. Mm -hmm. Traditional art will always have a certain type of push and pull with gravity that just never feels the same when it's in digital form. That includes like flat 2D digital as well as VR painting. So I, I feel like there's nothing quite the same as like squeezing paint out of a tube and like getting it all over the place and like splashing it around and having the the unpredictability and the variation of things that happen. The unpredictability is really fun to play mm -hmm. with sometimes, you know. Is it because you can control Z in the, in the other world? Like what is it that, because technically mm -hmm. you could say that mm -hmm. you could do something unpredictable in that realm you or is it the other senses, the smell that like, what what is it? It's It's like, when in real life, when you dip your brush into water and then into like a paint, you're not really in full control of how much you're putting into mm. it and, and how much strength you're putting in onto your canvas. Mm. And like the way you push it is different each time. It, it has a different... So many variables. Yeah, it's that very different. out of your control. Mm. Yeah, yeah, versus like when you want to move pixels around. Is pixel pixel pushing is what they kind of call yeah, it. Right? Yeah. It's like a different kind of control um, than than in real life. <laughs> Joe, where can people find out about you? Um, so we've been over this. <laughs> people can find. I, I don't have an online persona that's that present, but for the people, the best way to find me is through uh, the company for the people. You can find this episode and more on ozdesignradio.com and you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram and SoundCloud at AUS Design Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. This is so, such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much.